Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Kaiju Curry House. I am your host, Joe, and tonight I am joined by co-host Paul. Paul? Hey, there he is. All right. Now, you guys may have noticed that our other regular co-host, Paul, not Paul, Paul's here. Alex, even. Alex has not been around. He is on holiday. And when that scandal comes back, we're going to have to ask him what he's been up to. But in any case, welcome to the fabulous episode 76. And we are going to be talking about some great new kaiju merch that has been dropping lately. And we're going to go back to the past and we're going to bring out an old format for you. We're going to go through some little known movies or some movies that you guys might not have uh, stumbled across yet. And we're going to go over them for you and get you interested. So without further ado, Paul, what have kaiju been up to? Thanks for asking, Joe. I received a very late Father's Day present. That is very late. I know it's very late. It's something my son chose, but it was out of stock at the time. And then I guess they didn't cancel it and it just arrived all of a sudden. It's a little Funko, like Funko Pop, but it's a key ring. Oh, right. Yeah, so, I knew that they've been branching out. Yeah, so it is, it's still the Funko design and it's of Godzilla, but it's just, it's like that big. No, that's it's cool. It's very cool. It's surprisingly detailed for a such a small product um obviously i'd be tempted to use that as like a christmas ornament or something you know well that's it because if that goes in my pocket it's probably just going to dig in it's going to die it's it's going to stick out in my pocket or i'm gonna yeah it's not it's not great as a key ring for what i would use it for because it's not just going to go in the pocket but if i wanted to put a key that i like like a garage key or you know a certain key on its own that i could hang up in the house or as you say it was as an ornament maybe then that Mm -hmm. is absolutely perfect Uh, unfortunately there's no you know, normally you get a, a toy or something, and on the back it shows you what else you can get. It There's nothing. So I'd like to think you can get a Kong one and a Godzilla one, and they'd be pretty cool together. But um, I don't know. But no, it's, you know, it's always nice it's to a receive mystery. a present. It's a mystery. <laughs> yeah. Um, aside from that, I watched Suicide Squad. You the did? New, the new Suicide Squad. And it's really good. Great film. Really? Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Much better than the first one. Yeah, the first one kind of left me hanging there. Yeah, I watched, like, the, yeah. watched the trailers, and I like that shark dude. I thought he was hilarious. Oh yeah, shark dude's great. Sly, Sylvester Stallone, Sylvester voices Sloan, him. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, <laughs> he's not even like trying to hide his voice. It's great. No, no you can tell who it is uh, straight away, and it does have a kaiju in it. Star so, of the Conqueror, amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, I did see in the trailer they mentioned. Yeah, they even say the word kaiju. Yeah, they go, we're we're becoming mainstream, folks. I know. It's awesome, isn't it? I think it's, yeah, so it's not a kaiju film, obviously, but yes, there is, and arguably there is a kaiju in it because they actually say in the film, it's a kaiju. Oh, I feel like I got got starfish. I feel like I got to ask you this. Yeah. Did you like kaiju before they were cool? Did I like, I didn't know they were kaiju. I I love monster films. Yeah, I grew grew up watching them. I feel like that's just something you got to ask because like they're in comic book movies now. I feel like we really are. I mean, mainstream. That's it. Holly jeepers. Do they say things like, oh, did, were you into Marvel before they were cool? Is that a thing as well? I take it. Oh, I don't know. I was just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the guy that's like geeking about magic and Dungeons and Dragons and my monster movies. Like I am quite happy and content with where I am on the popularity scale. I do oh, not yeah. need anybody else. So. I'd imagine when Stranger Things came out, though, you're like, oh, oh yeah. Like, They're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Everyone's raving yeah. about this show. 
I know. Oh, I remember the Stranger Things. I watched one episode and it's kind of like, you know, like Joey from Friends, like where he tries the chocolate cake and he's like, oh, and then like binged that night. Like that night I was away on work. Like I was staying in a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like 9 PM when I, when I finished that first episode, cause I was just like, I was just like alone. And then, oh dear. Oh, well. oh, we're gonna, yeah. And then a while later, <laughs> didn't regret it. Woke up. No? Okay put in the work and then it was just like went home and crashed but yeah it was oh, stranger things and that first drop that was great because nobody knew everybody no. was just totally mystified and you hadn't expected that kind of quality from netflix like we weren't expecting that's true. that, that was all. one of their first like premium things wasn't it yeah yeah they just went for it and nobody knew where it was coming it just came out of nowhere it was awesome or at least it felt like it came out of nowhere i was surprised when i saw it but yeah yeah, I mean, I missed stuff. it when it first released. I was busy studying, I remember, and everyone kept raving about it. Yeah, it's like, got oh. some it's got some groovy critters in it, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I did end up watching it, you know, like three or four months later and loved it. But um, yeah, at the time, everyone's talking about it. I was like, oh, no, I've got schoolwork to do. That's school and anyway, that work. Um, final thing, I read a graphic novel, Tales from the Drift. So it's just a continuation of the Pacific Rim films, mm -hmm. although this is a prequel. But so um, basically, there's a couple, married couple, um, who drift together, you know, fight together, and they're I think they're knocked unconscious or something. They're, they're battling a kaiju, and they go deep into the drift. And so you're seeing you know, how they met, how they fell in love, you know, their past battles. Um, so it's to be honest, it's I didn't like the characters that much which kind of made the whole thing a bit pointless. But by the end, it did pull it together. And I was like, actually, no, they wrapped it up well. But yeah, I don't know. If you like Pacific Rim, it's worth a read. If you don't, then I, I can't really recommend it. But um, it, was, it was nice to have a read of something. There's just a, there, there's surprisingly few good kaiju comics out there. I mean, like there are lots of good kaiju stories, but like a comic where it all comes together, the art, the story, the characters, yeah. it's hard to find that. Well, I, I mean, that's like... it. Like, I mean, the, yeah, the, the characters came together at the end. The art was, you know, the art was good. It's not, it wasn't bad anyway, but it wasn't, you know, it didn't elevate in any way to make it stand out. Mm -hmm. uh, I think. The problem was it was actually meant to be a ongoing series and it got reduced to about four episodes four issues sorry so you know obviously it didn't hit with the audience and they just quickly wrapped it up and then did it as a as a quick yeah graphic novel but hey ho something to read yeah. joe how about you tell me what have kaiju been up to so i have been doing nerdy joe thanks um paul like we were talking about earlier I have gotten out my old VHS tapes and I have been busy converting old VHS tapes to a digital format. And I'm, I'm just so nerdy that I've been, I've, I've been like, I've been digitizing old animal documentaries. I'm, I'm not even getting like Hollywood movies out or anything, but I, I, I will, I will redeem myself to some of the uh, true cinema geeks out there. I have some old Moonbeam Entertainment films, and I have been converting those films like Prehysteria, 
Dragon's World, stuff like that. And I'm, I'm loving it. I, I've got them kind of at my feet over here. And that kind of led to the format that we're going to have tonight, um, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. But um, other than that, I have been watching the uh, summer reveals for X+. Thank goodness there isn't too much uh, that they've released that I need in my life. Looking behind me, you know, I've got so much room left. But um, I am still holding out for the Ray Harryhausen dragon. And however hard you try, folks, I'm, I'm going to hold firm on that. It's Ray Harryhausen dragon or bust. But yeah, that's kind of more or less what I've been up to. It's kept me busy, those things. Um, well, I mean, transferring to DVD, you actually have to play the tape, don't you? Yeah, you do. Yeah, so you you are watching the whole thing, and if you've got a video, you're uh, watching a lot you, of things. You are really. Hmm, I might let like a video go while I'm working, and then return to it later to see that it has ended and the thing is recorded onto my computer. Okay. And then I just save it as a file and go back and I'll, I might edit them later on, but I will edit them later on. I'm I'm just I can't be bothered with it right now. I just want them digitized so. Okay. Yeah, it's and been what, fun. What models were released at this wonderful announced, I should say, at the Wonderfest? Okay, so it's the summer festival, so it's a whole bunch of really neat things. So Star Ace has done a few things, X Plus has done a few things. So what we have basically are the Kong versus Godzilla figures that are being teased. Um, 30 centimeter gigantic, I don't know, but I'm starting to think that they're gigantic, some of the bigger ones. And then there's some defo reels. I haven't really seen much in the 30 centimeter range from X Plus itself. So in terms of defo reels, we've definitely got a Kong with an axe. Um, whether these are Rick exclusives or if they're standards, I can't tell you. But we've definitely got a Kong with an axe. We've got a Godzilla. And we've got a singular point Godzilla Ultima in defo reels coming out. So that's fun stuff. Um, and then, like I said, I'm not sure if they're 30 centimeter or if they're gigantic. I would actually kind of prefer it if they were 30 centimeter but I'm thinking that they're gonna be gigantic because the Godzilla sculpt is very similar to the Godzilla sculpt that they've used in recent gigantics of the uh, American legendary Godzilla. Now, in terms of Star Ace stuff, um, there have been a few little Harryhausen things that have drifted in, some defo reels, um, Kali, you know, like that was teased a little while ago. We've seen a few more pictures of that. But what I'm really excited about is they've released some figures of animals and they've they've gone with some really fantastic sculpts there's a woolly mammoth and it's gorgeous as you'd expect they've got a concavenator which is a theropod dinosaur and it's great it's feathered it's got a incredibly dynamic pose it's so beautiful and the paint application is fantastic too it's brightly colored and then, um, kind of coming out of left field, but still glorious, is a coelacanth, which is a lobe fin fish thought to have been extinct, but was rediscovered in 1938. It was Lazarus taxon, which kind of all others are judged by. But they're really beautiful figs, and I wasn't expecting that out of Star Race. But now that they've done it, I'm potentially more excited about that line than any kaiju that could be coming out, because I really love that direction because you know that they're quality figs they're going to look great there's gonna be a great presentation with them and they've done their research they've picked really good artists for the sculpts so yeah that's kind of what's been going on with those releases and then i think you mentioned earlier that there have been a few more bandai vinyls that have been released 
Yeah, I know there was definitely Gorosaurus was released, or is coming soon, and they were quite cheap, weren't they? Or at least they released in the states, and it was like ten or fifteen dollars. I was thinking yeah. that seems very affordable. Yeah, well, everybody was going here. Everybody was going nuts for that Gorosaurus because how often do you see well, Gorosaurus yeah, stuff? That's it. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, the last time I think that anybody in the States got anything Gorosaurus was the Diamond X Plus release of that figure. And it's just how often do you see? But uh, good old Gorosaurus, King Kong Escapes, fantastic. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hope we get stuff like that because I mean, that's a perfect toy. Like, if that came out of 10 quid, I'd be like, yeah, I'll get my kid that. Well, we can share it. Since you have the face hugger in your background, I'll let you. I'll let you in on this other little thing that I saw recently. Okay. Um, I saw that there was going to be a Nerf release of the rifle from the film oh. Aliens. Oh, that's awesome! It is. It is not colored the same way. Oh, but it. Oh. It, it. It's kind of got like. Uh, it, I don't know. It's got kind of its own coloring because it can't look like an actual gun. You have to understand this, Paul. Yeah. Could you could it. you could you could paint it but they can't just sell it having it looking like an actual gun because it look it's it the one in the film was meant to look like an actual gun but you can get a nerf gun of that aliens i think it was the m1 grenade or whatever it's the assault rifle but anyways oh yeah no, yeah it, it's exactly. like it's gonna shoot like nerf darts and i saw that today it's getting released for the 35th anniversary and i was just like that's very cool that's a good one yeah that that's a nice nod yeah but uh, there's there's just been like you know a little dribbling of great merch coming out lately for yeah I'll keep my eye on that and I fans I'll of sci-fi the uh, the Defo reels that are coming out because I do like them I'm surprised there's no um, Jet Jaguar from Singular Point because he seemed he he seemed perfect well he's already... this this is the thing so it said and more oh and more bottom of, course, of it yeah, yeah. so because I'm imagining You're... I've got it in my head there's gonna be a, the standard one where it's just him and then the Rick where he's got that um the Angiris spike on the yeah on the we haven't seen any pictures of the actual table at the show yet so there could be great stuff there hmm. i'll get my eyes peeled there we go we both will yeah because i want to see a dragon i know you where's, do where's my dragon that's that that's what i it's need coming. right now it's coming you know what else is coming by golly i'm telling you what covid has just delayed so <laughs> many shipments do you remember when we ordered some of these figures like a year ago how long ago <laughs> since i ordered something yeah yeah it's just it's taking forever taking forever but hey ho we're getting back up to speed people are out in the sun and it's safer and while it's still a bit scary we're feeling better about it so can't complain yeah people are getting double jabbed she's like we're, we're moving on there we go i okay. get my double jab tomorrow nice i'm looking forward to it well, <laughs> i did sure. not feel i did not feel great after the first one so okay I, I didn't i felt fine after the first not after the second so i was i was fine. really i was really dumb i got my jab and then i went jogging and then i came back i was like <laughs> oh i'm tired now yeah yeah that's how that went <laughs> anyways folks we have done it again we have rambled on a bit and tonight's format we are going to take a film a piece and we're going to tell you why you should watch it so paul how about you start what have you got right okay so i have got a film that comes under two names and i mentioned it i believe on just last week's episode it's called harbinger down 
or at least it is in the in the world apart from the UK, where in the UK it's known as inanimate. I don't know why it's two different names. But hey, there you go. Uh, so I, I kind of gave a little waffle about what was happening last time. I think I'll try and tell you properly what the story is this time and give you some facts because I did look into it a bit more and found some um, pretty cool things out about it, actually, which made me wanted to raise it again. So it starts off uh, in 1982. Uh, just basically because there's a Soviet... That's a long time ago, Paul. Yeah, so there's a Soviet moon lander and it's crashing back into Earth, into the um, Bering Sea. And that's that's basically the opening. We then fast forward to 2015 where we've got some graduate, stu graduate students um, who are joining their professor to go on a tour on... Which believe to study the effects of global warming on whales, and it just so happens that one of the students' grand grandfather has a ship. He's got a, um, a fishing trawler where he goes to get crabs, I believe it is. So you know, it's a nice little family reunion, and so there's it's a fair sized boat, obviously, because you've got all the crew and now these students and teacher all going on the plan is and the crabs that, and, the and, crabs. The, and the crabs yeah so they need they've they got you know it's, it's big enough to have a separate engine room you know and a hull for storing all the crabs and stuff so it's it's a decent sized ship um anyway so they're yeah. they're um catching crabs one night as they do and the the granddaughter of the the captain she's called sadie she wakes up um and her little monitor's beeping because they, they're tracking the whales and so she's like, oh, you know, what's going on? I'll, I'll get some get some footage and, you know, some recordings, seeing what's happening. And she sees a red flashing light under the ice. Like, oh, let's have a look at that. So rather than getting the crabs, she's like, go on, Granddad, could you um, fish out this flashing light and we'll have a nose, see what it is. And would you believe it's a it's the it's this Russian moon lander from what, 30, 40 years ago. It's like, oh, um, Okay, we'll we'll claim that, and um, seeing as we're students, maybe we can you know get get some get some, I don't get, get some tuition paid for get, maybe I don't know get, yeah. yeah let's let's say we'll get something out of it. Um, so they they store it away, and there's a there's a bit of tension between the student who's found it, you know, and her granddad saying you know she's found it, and the professor who's like, well, actually, this could be my discovery you're just a student and I can make life hard for you. So that's a little bit um, of, the, of the tension that's going on on the ship there. Um, but anyway, the, basically the, the crew all on the granddaughter's side. They don't like this professor because he seems a bit of a dick. He's, you know, he's trying to claim the credit. So they distract him. She goes down to the little um, moon lander and is like, thawing it out and the astronaut's still in there, you know, but she takes off his helmet and he's actually perfectly preserved, which you'd assume is the ice. Um, but it turns out they're catch they're um the person's infected with these things called um tardigrades. Tardigrades. Tardigrades, yeah. You know of them? Mm-hmm. Watch yeah. the bears. Uh, yeah, apparently they're like really hard to kill. They are so, very hard to kill. Yeah. They're amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so I think the Russians were basically taking them into space, experimenting with them to try and make, you know, super soldiers or or whatever, something like that. And it just so happened that while they're in ex in space experimenting, there was some um, cosmic radiation that mutated them, and they inhabited the astronaut's body. So you know, it's all thought out. She's got the sample, goes away. The professor decides to sneak out later on and is like, oh, I'm going to go maybe get a sample. I'm going to do this. And when it gets there, the body's gone. You're like, oh. Plot thickens. And so, so he's now, you know, you've stolen the body. You're trying to take this away from me. It's like, no, I didn't drag a man's body, you know, all the way up and hide it somewhere on the ship. And so, you know, it gets a little bit fighty. They're arguing, and suddenly the, the doctor, he starts to get a little bit hot. He's like, okay, you know, he's, he's arguing, but he, he runs outside and he starts stripping off his clothes. No, like, oh, okay, that's that's not good. Um, so they I mean, they... like, that's not unheard of with a college professor and graduate students, but you know, this is a bit of a strange case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it turns out that when Sadie was experiment um investigating she was wearing gloves she was quite you know she was like i'm going to get some video footage get a sample go away he was just handling things willy-nilly so he's not oh, a very good professor. Nice. yeah he's not a good professor he's not that's a good professor that's contaminating the sample yeah no. so so not he got good. contaminated himself um oh, so he's he's stripping off um and so the others are like well he's he's getting a bit nuts let's let's bring him inside because it, it's freezing cold out there you know, they're not they're not on a tropical island, they're in the ice. Um, so they drag him down, um, like pin him on the table, and these stalks just come out of his back. Think think the thing, you know, things just growing out of him, and mm -hmm. it starts spraying like this gooey liquid just all over the place. And um it does go into someone's mouth, which is a delicious, which is very gross. Um, and one of the other crewmates sees that, you know, and he's just like quickly wipes it off and is you know, to say, no, I didn't, I didn't do anything. Nothing happened there. And um, so they're now like, oh, you know, crap, are we infected? Aren't we infected? Who knows? Um, but the bloke who gets it, you know, in his mouth certainly starts to um, get Excellent. similar things. Yeah, he's, he's starting to get a bit sweaty. He's starting to act a little bit strange. And so there's this Russian uh, woman on the part of the crew and she locks him into a cage on the deck covers him in petrol or you know whatever they've got and shoots him with a flare gun dramatic yeah again very much like the thing because he starts to go all like shaky and stuff starts to come out of him as well so she's just like yeah i'm getting rid of you and now they're like ah what, you know what do we do we're stuck on a ship we're potentially all infected with this organism what what can we do and to be honest there's not much you can do really is there um so they, they just um kind of like go into to groups and and try and think of a plan that they can um what they can do to get out there and it turns out that the the russian lady she is actually Part of some secret super duper Russian thing who's been oh. waiting for this the whole time. Oh, it turns out that all of the like the all the trawlers out there 
all have a Russian spy on and she just happened to be the one that was on the boat that picked it up. And so she has now planted explosives all over the ship and she's got a submarine to come in to pick her up. Well, that's convenient, isn't it? So... It um, seems like a lot of effort here. I mean, like, yeah, I don't had feel, me up until this point. I don't feel like they needed this, but I guess they, they thought maybe, maybe an alien creature on board isn't enough. So let's up the stakes. It's not even have... alien. It's not even alien. Tardigrades are from Earth. That's why it's so cool. Well, they, they were from Earth, but they went up into space and got, you know, mutated into... Yeah, cosmic like... radiation. Now they're the Fantastic Four and now it's... tardigrades. Yeah. Yes, exactly that. So they're they're smarter, stronger. They're taking bodies. Um, and um, anyway, they, um, they're basically distracting they distract because they see the creature this some tentacles that come out of out of a pipe they distract the russian and sure enough the organism comes out kills her and they all manage to get out and they're now trying to disarm the bombs so they don't get blown up and also kill a creature Christ. so they've got a fair bit going on um I think they I think they're going to because there's only about four or five people left. So they have to break up into teams to try and search the ship. But they've also of course got be, you have to split up. Because you have to split like up, this. yeah. Yeah. You have but you've to also up. got this this alien that's just hiding in the dark, ready to come out, grab you and infect you. And well, I mean I mean, like these are graduate students, right? Aren't they used to this? I I, I don't think this normally happens. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. But I mean, there's also the um, the crew. I'm trying to think who's actually left at the end of it. But there's there's not many. I mean, you're spoiling it pretty well, Paul. But I mean, like, by all means, give us the names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't actually remember the name. I just remember it was Sadie and um, the granddad, whose name is Graf, and who's played by Lance Henriksen of Aliens. Oh so, wow! So you know, great, absolutely great actor in a yet another Alien type film. He's been but typecast. He he really has. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, long story short, a few more people die. You know, the alien gets them. They manage to find all the bombs. Great. But um, there's, I think at the end, there's like, should I say spoilers? At the end, left. It's there's just, a super creature. There's just Graf and Sadie left at the end, I believe it was. And effectively she's now getting all the explosives together and she's going to try and blow up the ship so the life form can't get anywhere so the granddad um, grades can live in water you know okay well they're, they're, that, they're I, really I, good at it well, i guess they didn't they didn't think like this was well researched no <laughs> but they Graf basically kind of you know sacrificed himself so his granddaughter can get away. Um, she gets up, calls out for help on the radio, puts it at full speed so it is going to ram like an iceberg. She jumps off onto one floating around and blows it all up. So it's a nice big explosive ending. Um, Does she like, have? Uh, well, she's just kind of freezing on this block of ice with the radio just like waiting for someone to come pick her up hmm. um, i think you do hear uh, like a helicopter in the distance so i'm assuming it does get to her 
in time and hopefully she's not infected and won't spread it. But, but I mean, who knows? Who knows? Um, so that's that's the film. Uh, there are, I probably should say that there's, there's some gruesome deaths in there with the creature who's constantly mutating throughout the film as it infects different hosts. It's very much like the thing where, you know, it can just be like a human body or it can be an absolutely massive beast. But it, it does change the film. There's lots of tentacles as well. Hmm. Yeah, so if you like tentacles, this is the film for you. But the interesting thing is, or one of the many interesting things, is that this was a Kickstarter film. Oh, wow. So this was fully funded just by pledges of, you know, people like us who wanted to see this type of film. That's really cool. And it came about because the company, so sorry, I should say it's written and directed by Alec um, Gillis, who works for or runs ADI, which is yeah. a wonderful bloke. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely bloke who does practical effects. So ADI, it, it does practical effects. And this movie is nothing but practical effects. Whoa, now so this, I'm sold. I have to watch it now. Okay, so his team was hired to do the Thing remake, or the, the, the Thing prequel back in mm-hmm. 2011. Yeah, somewhere um, there. So they, they did the work on it. And then the film, as you know, when it was released, actually replaced all of their practical effects with CGI. Not so, all of them, but a lot well, of them. A, a lot of them, yeah. And so ADI basically said, well, do you know what? We, we had a vision of, you know, of doing the thing, but with practical effects. And so they turned to Kickstarter and said, we're going to make our own version. Wow. And so while I know when I originally said it, it seems very familiar because it's like the thing. This is why it's like the thing. They, they wanted to make the thing and kind of. That's that a whole different twist. You should have led with that, Paul. I, you should have led with the story because now that's fascinating. It's it like, really oh, is, isn't it? You are going to let us do our version? We'll Play do what? our own. Yeah. So we'll, this film, we'll make our own version. Yeah. So this film is, it's a, I've told it, it's been practically, no, entirely practical special effects. So animatronics, prosthetic makeup, stop motion, miniatures. It's, it's everything that you love, Joe, is in here. How do I watch it? Where, where um, can I find it? I say I watched it on my TV on an app called Rakuten. It was okay, I was to- going to say thanks, Paul. You watched it on your TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have left it. It's on the app Rakuten. I think it's also on Amazon Prime. Sweet. So Got that one. I mean, but Rakuten is is free. It's a free app and it's a free film. You just have to watch some adverts. I mean, that's okay. all. Well, fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's like watching it on regular television then. <laughs> yeah. So so we've got Lance Henriksen from Aliens. And we've got basically the, the, the practical effects team who love the thing. And you've put the two together. And although I did say, as I said before, it, it's not better than Aliens or Alien or The Thing. But if you like that type of film, then it's definitely worth watching. It'll scratch that itch. Yeah. yeah. And there's not lots... often that something like that comes along. So no, that's it. And there's lots of nods to like The Thing in it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, that um, chess computer that um, they play in the thing. <laughs> the one that Kurt Russell pours his booze on? Yeah, 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 like that's that's in this. And hmm. the um, and those, the birds that you see in like the alien films where they like, tap the water, go back and forth. Just just things like that. And there's some lines in there that, you know, are just yeah, yeah. taken also from the film. So there's, it's clear 
it's a love it's a love note written to it, it yeah yeah it really is and so while yeah while it's not going to be as good as the thing they certainly put a lot of love into it and i can see now why it's so much like the thing I, if i knew that for going into it i think i'd have appreciated it a lot more but it just felt like oh this is an awful lot like the thing <laughs> yeah fantastic it is so yeah um that is halving a down but in the uk it's known as inanimate it's it's definitely worth checking out it's not a lot is it it was just under an hour and a half i think so it's not even a long film that's awesome and uh, i will definitely check this out and check that out so uh, i'll tell you what let's take a break joe and okay. then we can come back and you can tell us all about your film of choice sweet hello and welcome back to part two of kaiju curry house it's episode 76 it's myself and joe and we're talking about some films that we love so i've just talked all about having a down joe what are you going to tell us about well obviously paul you know me i had to pick i had to pick a cgi filled horror bonanza you know that's just over the top but i thought did but I thought in this case, <laughs> since I do that so often, I would pick a really lovely old school movie that is high on charm and low on CGI. So I figured I, I figured it'd be a bit different for you tonight, folks. Oh, so my film, um, I originally encountered it as a trailer uh, in my youth. And there was basically a VHS or just a, a collection of old dinosaur and monster movie trailers and it was called the fantastic dinosaurs of the movies and this was a thing for lots of people who are very nostalgic about this vhs tape which was like an hour of just trailers i remember the original time i watched it too i was like wow there's a lot of trailers on this movie when are they going to get the actual movie <laughs> and then it and then it didn't dawn on me until later it's like oh that's all that this movie is it's well, so terrible but yet you come back to it and you watch it. So yeah, if you want to watch this, um, I think it's on Amazon Prime in the UK under just like dinosaurs or dinosaurs in the movies. Um, you will be able to see from the cover that's on it. But Fantastic Dinosaurs in the Movies, if you Google that, you'll definitely find it on YouTube. You'll probably find references to it everywhere. But I originally encountered the film I'm going to talk about on this old VHS tape. And... I didn't know where to get it. I'd never heard of it before, but it just seemed really interesting because it was right up my street. And it was this actual VHS that I'm going to show you if you're watching along on YouTube. It is Journey to the Beginning of Time. Hot dog. I still have the original one. And it uh, was by Good Times Family Theater that it was released under, but it's directed by a fella named Carl Zeman. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's a Czech name and I'm American, so I'm already going to be notoriously bad at pronouncing things. But anyway, um, he was fantastic when it came to fantasy cinema and just weaving a good yarn. And in this case, it's about four boys in New York City. And what they want to do is they want to go to the Museum of Natural History and look at animals and dinosaur skeletons and stuff, which is a perfectly normal thing. And they walk along and then they go through the museum, they see their stuff and they think, ah, you know what? Let's go to Central Park. It's a beautiful day. We'll rent a boat and we'll just go rowing around on uh, the lake that's in the middle of Central Park. Fun times. So they do this and along the way of rowing around and just exploring the lake, they come across this cave with strange paintings on it. 
Presumably these are meant to be like Native American paintings, pictographs, if you will. So they go into this cave because why not? They've got a boat, it's on the lake, it's big enough. And then they come out the other side and they think it's the other side of the lake, but the farther down they go, like the more ice there seems to be and it's colder. Now at this point, you as the viewer kind of start to get the gag that's going along, especially since you've seen the cover, you know, like you've read the back or you've heard the story, but these kids go through this cave and out the other end, there's this river. And the farther upstream they go, upstream, downstream, I guess, can't honestly tell you, they go along this river, the farther back in time they get. And it's really cool because they're seeing all these animals, they're going through, you know, periods in history, they're learning to forage, they're like doing the basic like camping bit. It's kind of like being like in the Boy Scouts and just like having like camping with your friends. And it's just like in the Ice Age or the Mesozoic. It's just really neat because it's fun. A lot of the stuff that they encounter is pretty mellow um, there aren't any like scary bits. There's hardly a time where someone's life is really in danger here. But at the time, it was meant to be very scientifically accurate. The Museum of Natural History in New York actually had a big hand in bringing about the science in this film. Well, that's cool. Yeah, but if we look at the year that it was made, it was, um, 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 yeah, ancient. So it's, it's from back in the days, but uh, there's only like puppets, stop motion animation. And in some cases it's actually animated. That's cool. I like that. But it's, that. yeah, yeah. Some of the animals are animated, but they're animated so well that I dare say like Don Bluth or whoever would probably, you know, give it kind of like an ovation, like, well done boys. Like you really snuck that in there. But the animation, it's done in such a way that it like complements the CGI or like what they did is they took like footage of a lion on the African savanna and then they modified it and they made it into Sabretooth Tiger. But it's just really subtle animation that they've thrown in there to like complement it so that it's just that bit extra to where you think it's a different species. But it's really lovely, like the animation, it, it falls perfectly in line with like the resolution of the film, what it's meant to be. And it's a great yarn. Like I showed this to my little girl, Charlotte, and Charlotte loves it because she'll, she'll ask for it by name, but she doesn't, she doesn't refer to it as during the end of time. She calls it, can we watch the camping boys movie? Which I thought was really cute. I think it's great, but it's just one of those like movies that you can just watch like, I'm sure we all have bored movies, you know, like when you're bored, you oh, can't think yeah. of what to watch. And there's just like favorites that you fall back on. Journey to the Beginning of Time is one of mine. Now, this has been a notoriously hard film to find. And the English release had a few glitches with it. The dub track didn't follow the lips of the actors through some parts of the movie. However, there's been a new release just recently, really, by Second Run, and they have re-released it as a 4K restoration on Blu-ray. And it is incredible. It is everything as a fan of the original that I could want. They restored all the film. It looks gorgeous. You can even see the wires in some cases. 
the dub track, all the issues have been fixed. You can listen to it in its original language or you can listen to it in the dub. Um, and then another great thing which they've done is they just, like I said, they've cleaned it up so much, but it's on Blu-ray and they put a special uh, features bit on it and the aspect ratios are all fixed. We've got 1080p, it's so good. But for an old film, you don't often see that treatment, especially one as niche as this one. But like I said, if you wanted to get like a great film for kids, I'd say that, you know, like four years old up to like maybe 10, that's like peak age for this. If you watch it with them, they'll probably love it. Now, if they've seen Jurassic Park, they're gonna be like, what are you showing me? But if you watch it with them and they haven't necessarily like seen that kind of stuff yet, they're really gonna sit down and love it because everything there is there, like all the practical effects that they did for it. In one scene, there is a Stegosaurus versus a, Cer a Ceratosaurus. And you, know, you get to see your basic dinosaur clash, it's great. And what they did in the film is they built like a whole stegosaurus for the child actors to climb around on, measure, to explore, to pick at. And these kids in the movie, like at that age that they're at in the movie and what the actors were, they're looking at this thing thinking like, this is awesome. This is a stegosaurus. We get to climb on it. This is so cool. And you can see like that bubbly, fantastic, like happy energy in the child actors because Again, a lot of this stuff, they got to touch, they got to see, they were involved in it. So it's a really fun film from that sense. So you get, it's really genuine acting. Um, I really like it because it, it's fun. So like, these are kids and kind of like in the same vein as Home Alone, like they aren't helpless. Like these guys, like they know how to start a fire, they know how to pack, they know how to fish. So like, that's how they're just going through it. And, it. and it kind of explains how they're getting along, like all the way up and down this river. Like at one point, it's just too wet for them to start a fire on the shore. So it's safer to stay in the boat. And while they're sleeping in the boat, they happen to notice that they're kind of surrounded by crocodiles. The crocodiles aren't going to get in the boat. I mean, it, that it's that's not going to happen. But you know, like they are kind of shooed away by a lantern that, you know, like one of the kids has. So it's just like understanding like these are animals, be respectful of it. And, you know, like we are getting along with what resources we have and we're making the best use of them. It's just, it's a really wholesome film if I can just drive that point home. And because the 4K was released relatively recently, you can get it at a pretty great price. I think what I paid was 15 pounds for mine and it's worth every penny. Like Paul, your kids would love this. Alex's kids, Alex, I know you're still listening. <laughs> Alex's kids would absolutely adore Journey to the Beginning of Time. And you can pick it up just about anywhere. It's on Amazon, it's, on, it's at HMV, like that's where I got mine. So yeah, definitely give it a look, but it's just a great dinosaur movie. and. It doesn't aim to be a monster movie. It doesn't aim to be scary, but what it does aim is to be informative and a fun little adventure. Now, some of the dinosaur facts, some of the creature facts are incorrect. And we have dinosaurs from a long time ago, you know, as far as pop culture is concerned, being portrayed as dinosaurs from a long time ago. So you're gonna get some 
tail dragging dinosaurs. But it, looking at retrosaurs kind of like that, it is sort of fun as well to just see them portrayed that way. But there's a lot of like really great things in there and a lot of really clever uses of animation, stop motion and puppetry that they use to bring this film together. And I think it's really great. The animation itself, the stop motion is remarkably smooth. There are some points where you have like an elephant with its trunk, that looks great. You have a couple of woolly rhinos, you know, like charging each other on an opposite bank and the kids are watching that and like, oh, wow, that's cool. It's just, they did it really well and they're just natural scenes that you can like find parallels today of, but because it's ancient creatures, I fell in love with it as a kid and my kids are falling in love with it. And despite its age, like some of the effects haven't aged very well. Some of the facts haven't aged very well. It's still, stay, it's still staying really fun. It's one of those films that I want to take and get like my backyard projector up and like have my bonfire night and just watch it. It's really cool. It's just very wholesome. I can't say that it's a particularly long or crazy movie. I'm looking at the back of the uh, Blu-ray case right now. It's 86 minutes long. That's a good time. It's, yeah, the special features are 40 minutes. Um, the languages are Czech and English, subtitles English. It's just stereo. And who's released but, it? It's, it's done by Second Run. Second. So if you're looking at uh, YouTube right there, I'm holding it up to my camera. That's kind of what the cover looks like there. It's pretty basic in terms of the packaging. But there you are. But for the longest time, you couldn't even find it on VHS. So it was a very limited run, but it is a definite find. And like I said, it's so wholesome. It's so, so wholesome. So I take it... I just you keep you're plugging home that it's um, wholesome the kids make it home safely again yeah the kids make it home safely <laughs> very safely it, it's it's fantastic one of the things that they have like one of the biggest dramas in the book is that they're writing a journal about all the landmarks and how to get home and everything along the river and oh, then cool. one of the boys drops it and how are they going to get home well it turns out one of the other boys is just kind of like He's not necessarily like a troublemaker. He's kind of like the Paddington bear of the group. You know, it's like, he's not trying to do trouble. He's, he's actually at, not asking for trouble, but just seems to find him. So anyways, he goes off like chasing a giant dragonfly or something like that. And he finds the journal again and they're able to get home. But they do, they do manage to get back to the very beginning, like before, like as life was just starting on earth when it's just like amoebas and stuff like that. They do get to the end of the river and they come all the way back down and it's really neat it's really neat oh nice yeah yeah, yeah. like i said it's, it's very enjoyable it's very safe uh it's a lot safer than i think anything else that we've talked about on this yeah. podcast yes yeah, so that's it it doesn't sound like there's any real threat at any point to the kids lives that well, there are crocodiles. There are giant terror birds that chase them. There's a oh, leopard. Okay. There's a leopard in a branch above them. At one point, you see an anaconda sizing someone up. There's a saber-toothed tiger. The ceratosaurus is on the opposite bank, but you know they are in an environment of relative danger there. Um, there are the elements, but again, all of this is just portrayed as animals, and it, it is just a fun movie it, it's not remarkably skewed in a direction of adventure or horror or special effects although the special effects for their time fantastic absolutely i love the special effects in this film because they're using whatever they could to make it look realistic 
which I have to commend them for that because the movie wasn't done on a huge budget. I don't have that to hand because I'm just telling you it's a wonderful film right now and I don't want to delve into the nitty gritty necessarily, but it wasn't done on a huge budget. It was done in conjunction with a museum. Um, so you have an institution that did try and make it as good as it could have been you know, for kids to watch, which was great in that sense. And it's just meant to be informative, but it gets away as an adventure, which is why I kind of love it. As the guy who's converting all of his old documentary VHSs <laughs> to DVD. But uh, yeah, I had, I had a lot, remarkable amount of fun with Journey to the Beginning of Time by Carl Zeman. Yeah, sounds so, really yeah. nice. Have, when you guys it. look that up on Amazon, if you want to look it up, Carl Zeman is spelled K-A-R-E-L for his first name and Zeman Z or Z if you're British, E-M-A-N. And like I said, it's Journey, Journey to the Beginning of Time. So yeah, it's fantastic. Okay, thanks, Joe. Yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> I love sharing stuff I find cool. I oh, know you do. But I that's was wondering that's... what else you're going to find because you, you got, I imagine you've got a stack of VHS tapes and a lot oh. of them will probably have dinosaurs or something. Well, well, <laughs> again, for those of you who are watching on uh, YouTube, I will hold up a VHS tape from my childhood, Prehysteria <laughs> by Moonbeam Entertainment. How cool is that? Fantastic. Um, what else have we got? I have uh, Midwich Entertainment Presents Prehistoric World. These were great. But um, yeah, there's, there's lots of great stuff out there. And a lot of the things from our youth, which, you know, Paul and I would be identified as millennials. Um, it's great, like entertainment. It's really fun stuff. And a lot of the stuff today, it's very cartoony. It's very stylized to try and make it cool. Whereas what the stuff that I grew up with, it didn't need to be cool. It was already cool from the beginning. And if you just treat it with that kind of reverence, you can have a lot more fun with it and, you know, just enjoy it for what it is. It doesn't become over the top, which is why I like journey from the journey to the beginning of time. Nice. Okay. Right. Let's wrap this up. And, yes. Um, if nothing else, do you have an if nothing else for us, Joe? Well, if nothing else, I'm going to recommend Journey to the Beginning of Time, which I have already, but um, <laughs> I'm going to go another step further. Um, there is a fantastic book out there, which we have talked about before on the podcast called Fragment. It is by an author named Warren Fay, and it is really great. It's about weed species. And if you don't know what a weed species is, a weed species is an organism which is very adaptable and can quickly take over an environment if it's introduced. So I want you to picture a perfectly manicured garden and then dandelions. Dandelions are the quintessential weed or weed species. So Imagine that only an island of dangerous creatures, which are like weed species. And that is kind of what Fragment is about. It's about an isolated island where things have been allowed to evolve in relative geostasis. The island hasn't changed north or south very much. It's stayed in pretty much the exact same spot. And it's been locked in this place. So organisms on it have been allowed a very stable environment to evolve, but it's become kind of like an arms race on this island. And then 
people stumble across this island after hundreds of millions of years of these creatures just becoming as dangerous as they can be. And that's where it gets interesting. And Fragment has the potential to surprise and delight a lot of people. So please give it a read. We are going to attempt to see if we can go further with that storyline. I think that could be another episode for us, Paul. Yeah, I've read but it. I loved it. It's fantastic and it's readily available. Go for it. It also has a sequel called Pandemonium, which is also very good. Paul, nice. what would you recommend tonight? Well, I guess I should recommend, recommend my film, Inanimate, or maybe The Thing. Or maybe actually watch The Thing remake, The Thing 2011, and then mm -hmm. watch this, and then watch Inanimate and just see kind of what, what they were trying to do in one film and how they brought it into their own film. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of The Thing. And now that you've said that about the film, I'm definitely going to take a closer look at it. Don't necessarily if I'm going to rope people in to watch it with me because the thing requires a certain amount of. It's not. It's not in, a family film. Absolutely. No, it's not a family <laughs> film. I was going to put. It's like you. You have to have a certain amount of tolerance for nausea and gore. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. I don't it, think this was super gory. Um, I can't imagine it being. Uh, because well, I think because it was a Kickstarter film, it doesn't have a massive budget, so a lot of it is in the dark and so you might not see as much gore Ooh, dark Ooh. As, mm. as you would like um i mean you will see some people being eaten you will see some disturbing things but um it's not going to be as bad as the thing interesting yeah well i am looking forward to watching it <laughs> i'll try and do it before our next podcast episode awesome. if anybody out there sees alex let him know that we miss him terribly please come back from holiday soon you're awesome and folks thank you so much for listening and as always keep it kaiju mm -hmm.